0: Welcome back to This Week with Justin McCarthy and Karen Creed. Israel's military has warned Palestinians who are still in the north of Gaza to flee south as it plans to intensify airstrikes on Hamas. UN agencies have described the situation in Gaza as catastrophic, with not enough food, water or medical supplies. We'll be hearing from Médecins Sans Frontières shortly, but first we're joined by our correspondent Paul Cunningham, who's in Tel Aviv. Paul, there's that warning of more war bombardments in Gaza today, but is there any indication of that ground invasion that Israel has has warned of
1: well the land invasion faded into the background somewhat in the build-up to the arrival of US President Joe Biden here in Israel um, this weekend and, and then its aftermath. The breaks now appear to be off. The um, Israeli Defence Force's Chief of Staff, Lieutenant uh, General Herzai Halavi could have been blunter when he said yesterday in a video message to infantry troops we are going to go into Gaza to destroy Hamas operatives and Hamas infrastructure. Now today an IDF spokesperson, Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conrica spelled out The price, and it's a high price, they expect to um, pay when they go into Gaza. He told Fox News... Where our working assumption is that Hamas is prepared to the battlefield and that there are various dimensions of warfare ready for us, specifically in tunnels, and that Hamas will inflict hegi- heavy casualties. So, no, we don't have a date, um, but I think it could happen at any time. What we do know for certain is that land wars in urban areas lead to high numbers of civilian casualties. The death toll is already massive, with Gaza's health ministry spokesman saying today that more than 4,600 Palestinians have been killed and more than 14,000 have been injured in Israeli airstrikes in just a fortnight.
0: And Israelis' military also responding there today to concerns on its border with Lebanon.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the worst escalation of violence along the Israeli-Lebanese border since the war in 2006 when Israeli forces battled with the very strong Hezbollah militia, which is backed by Iran now. Today, Israel said it was evacuating another 14 settlements near the Lebanese border. That's on top of uh, another 28 which have already been evacuated. And that's because the uh, cross-border clashes are continuing. People are being killed on both sides. And if there's a land invasion of Gaza by Israeli defence forces, the chances of all-out war breaking out with Hezbollah increased dramatically and that in turn could drag in other regional players
0: And Paul for the Irish citizens that we know stranded are in Gaza what efforts are being made at this stage for evacuations?
1: Well, we know that there's between 35 and 40 um, people stranded inside Gaz who either have dual or full Irish citizenship. The hope is that now that aid trucks are going in, that people with foreign passports can get out. Now, it didn't happen yesterday. And Irish diplomats are said to be monitoring this very closely and in touch, and they're in touch with all parties. But the UN Secretary General said yesterday that the two issues of aid going in and people coming out shouldn't be tied together. So this could take longer um, than people want uh, or expect. Karen, earlier on today I spoke with some of Israelis who'd been evacuated from the town of Sederot in southern Israel now that's close to the Gaza border and who are now living in hotels in Tel Aviv without a clear idea as to when or if they're going to be able to return home Um, I began by asking them about events a fortnight ago when uh, the Hamas militia descended on their town.
2: My little child she's 14 years old, she say mommy, I don't want to die now I have a lot of things to do.
1: Dalia describes how Hamas fighters rampaged through her town of Surdarat on October 7th and she was terrified as there was no response from the military.
2: It's weird because there
1: is a terrorist
2: around my house and I call to the police station and nobody answered. After I understand that the bus station, the station of uh, police uh, was uh, uh, bombs and all the policemen Uh, died there.
1: Miki Eshkar was also in Sederat, rushing to a safety bunker just outside her house.
2: We didn't understand what happens, but we heard lots of bombs and uh, shootings and noise, and people going around and rushing, and we stayed there in the mamad, in the safe place, and um, we stayed there for 36 hours. No light, no water, no communication.
1: Amichai al from a nearby kibbutz, explained how his extended family fled but are still bewildered by the daily barrages of Hamas rockets. now
2: it's uh, difficult for us. Uh, we run to place to place uh, from the rockets. It's difficult. When we want to go home and we don't know what to do, today, what to do now.
1: Liora Meir is a volunteer who tries to help evacuees settle into life in Tel Aviv or as much as is possible. But I came here to like, they're trying to build a school for the, the children who are in the hotel so that they have something to do. They have some sort of schedule and routine and they don't miss out on, on learning that they would be doing otherwise in normal times. Um, and we're just doing whatever we can. Like last week we went to hotels in the, near the Dead Sea where there's also thousands of families who are staying there because that's another safe area. And we were doing a similar thing of trying to establish a school there for the kids. Mickey says the help being provided from so many people is appreciated but being an evacuee is hard.
2: They are very nice people. They try to entertain us and take care of us. We have food, drinks and we have somewhere to sleep. But this is not home.
1: I asked Mickey what the future held for her and her husband.
2: Unfortunately, there is no future. We don't know. We're staying here. We don't know until when and we We're waiting for the government to decide and tell us what to do. We cannot go back to our homes.
0: Some Israeli residents there speaking to our correspondent, Paul Cunningham. Turning now, though, to the situation on the ground in Gaza, aid is reported to be crossing in from Egypt again today. Earlier, I spoke to Leo Kahn, head of Mission for Médecins Sans Frontières in the occupied Palestinian territories, and started by asking him if they had received any medical supplies from that first delivery yesterday.
3: Yeah, uh, within the 20 trucks that we get confirmation that enter today, uh, yesterday in the in the Gaza Strip, we know that uh, uh, approximately 80% of them, so uh, including medical supplies, uh, they are right now in the middle of the Gaza Strip, in the middle area, uh, in a UN compound. Um, well for, for us as MSF, we are happy to see that the border has been opened. It's the first sign. But uh, the 20 trucks is really a drop in the ocean to uh, compare to the needs that are currently uh, are in the, in the Gaza Strip. And just if you take the comparison, uh, before the war, it was between 300 to 400 trucks that were coming in each day inside Gaza. So 20 trucks is really a drop in the ocean. It's a good sign, but it's not at all uh, what is needed. Like we need much, 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 much more aid.
0: And with that lack of medical supply coming in, what kind of strain is the health system under and is it still functioning?
3: It's everywhere. So the health system is not functioning correctly. Uh, A lot of patients currently do not have access to healthcare. Uh, Pregnant women, Um, all the people with chronic disease, they have very little access to healthcare. Uh, Young children as well, like 70% of the clinics inside Gaza are closed. Only the main hospitals are working for life-saving activities, but all the rest is not working. And all the rest, all the patients that currently cannot have access to healthcare, what it means, it means that the health status is going to deteriorate, and uh, which is very, uh, very concerning. Uh, regarding the life-saving activities, it is functioning, but it is functioning in a, in a, in, a, in a, with with not enough means. And I just give you an example, which is uh, for us, it's like a tragedy. Uh, we are currently operating people in operational theatre with half of the dose, uh, with the morphine dose uh, that is needed. So, in terms of pain management, we are it's it's a catastrophic. Uh, even some intervention, some. St- Surgical intervention has been done without anesthetic because we don't have, because it's, we are running out of this. So we have to, to, to prioritize them for the most important intervention. And, and I think it's, a, it's a non-acceptable. acceptable. There is nothing that can justify that we have to do operation on children, 10 years old children, without anesthetic. Nothing can justify this.
0: And for the hundreds and thousands of Palestinians displaced since Israel made that order for the move from Gaza City to the south, what conditions are these people facing now, according to your workers there on the ground?
3: Yes, yeah, they're facing very difficult uh, situation and we are talking to them every, uh, every day, almost every hour. We have phone call with them on the ground. Uh, they are lacking everything. They don't have a roof. So many of them are sleeping outside, and uh, the winter is coming. Um, They they have barely enough food for the day, so the food is a day-to-day work to manage. So they are looking for food every day. In terms of water, it's a very, very uh, bad situation. Uh, Many of them started to drink some non-potable water, non-drinkable water. Um, Just to to remember that before the war, uh, the situation was like 95% of the water in Gaza Strip was not drinkable water. And currently, we see people uh, starting to drink non-drinkable non, uh, water. Uh, we already have um, information that in one of the schools where people look for refuge uh, and to, to look for safety, uh, we have like 40 cases of diarrheas uh, that are reported among the uh, among the people. So we are we are fearing epidemic uh, that can uh, break out uh, because of this lack of hygiene, lack of water.
0: And just speaking about those being treated in hospitals, there is some concerns expressed about the power supply there also.
3: Yes, indeed. This is a very big concern that we have. Uh, Currently, we have teams working in Shifa Hospital, which is one of the biggest hospitals. They just managed to get 10,000 liters delivered two days ago by the UN. Uh, Basically, now all the the stock are the lowest and uh, hospitals managed to keep going somehow by finding some some uh, some fuel here and there in the last stock that were uh, in, in the Gaza Strip. But it's a big, big concern because what we have to, to realize and uh, what the international community has to realize is that when the generator will stop, it's a death sentence uh, on all the patients that are in ICU and a, a operational theater. Those um, people will die within hours if we cut the electricity to the hospitals.
0: And Leo, there are concerns too for the safety of medical staff who are working under severe duress there with the risk of constant bombardment.
3: Yes, indeed. It's a, it's, a, it's a tragedy on this level as well. Uh, we have 16 medical staff that were killed uh, since the beginning of the war during their duty. Um, for us, our MSF staff, they are seeking refuge in our offices, in our houses, MSF houses and MSF premises. But they all say nowhere is safe. And they are working the whole day or the whole night in the hospital. And when they come back ho- uh, home, they are just fearing for their life. Plus, we have to remember, and it's a uh, completely unacceptable that the evacuation order that the Israeli army gave to the Gaza city includes health workers. So basically now, all the health workers have been asked to evacuate the city, the Gaza, the north of Gaza, but what to do with the patients? Uh, the hospitals are full of patients, overwhelmed by patients. And basically we, we say to the health worker, you should leave or you will not be safe. So they have to choose between being safe or uh, follow their duty to, to take care of the, of the patients.
0: And with providing that aid to all of those people suffering, the UN has said now it's hopeful of more aid getting into Gaza today. Have you any indications there of that happening?
3: No, we know there is a lot of negotiation underway. It's uh, negotiation at high level with countries, with the United Nations. It's not very clear how the negotiations are taking place. It's quite uh, obscure. So we are calling for all actors, whatever they are, Let's head through Gaza because people are dying. We can save life. We, we, we have the people on the ground. We have the knowledge. We have the capacity. But we need to get the supply in. We need to get medicine in. We cannot operate if we don't have uh, morphine. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, impossible.
0: And that was Leo Khan, head of Mission for Médecins on Frontier in the occupied Palestinian territories, speaking to me earlier.